You are listening to the Fantasy Joes Podcast, your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with a focus on Dynasty. And now, here are your hosts, Trey Barrett, Will Greenwood, and Ryan Livergood. That's right, we're the Fantasy Joes. We are short a Joe once again. But the good news is, everybody, is we've got back Will Greenwood from the home office in Minneapolis, Minnesota. What's up, Will? Hey, I stole Trey's power, and I'm back in action. Yeah. Take that, Trey. Uh, he really stole his power because Trey's got the flu. He sounded as bad as I've ever heard him uh, today on Voxer. But, oh, yeah. I mean, I didn't ham it up on our Voxer like you did, so it's fine. Uh, <laughs> Guys, I, I got the flu. The kids came to me. I can't, I can't record tonight. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, but no, seriously, Trey, take it easy. Get, get better. We'll, we'll catch you next week. So we have an uncut episode this week, Will. We, we basically have some, some loose notes in the show sheet. You want to talk about the 2019 rookie class, it appears. Well, I've been waiting for this forever. We've talked a little bit about it. And loose notes, it's kind of disrespectful, but maybe you should refresh the show notes. Okay, today. okay. So, Your notes are extremely detailed. My notes are very loose. But so what I, I, go ahead. Extreme, extremely is, is it where I wanted the, you know, it's uh, my, my goal and what I wanted to talk about tonight is like, so we have the combine coming up. And this is a very, very exciting time for our rookie drafts. And as Dynasty players, we watch this. Whatever anybody calls it, the Underwear Olympics, they tried to be in the combine. Everybody loves combine results. Regardless whether or not you like watching the combine or being a part of it, it doesn't really matter. Combine results carry with a player for their entire career. I mean, you, like Player Profiler is a website that I frequently like to visit and use for uh, information. Well, that website and that data point for anybody's 40 or three cone or agility all comes from when this young athlete was at the combine because that's the most uh like sophisticated testing as far as like using laser timers for the 40 having multiple people there to time everything else it's like this is a big deal when it comes to a player's performance and how they're gonna be judged moving into the future this matters not only for how you should value people but how other people in your league are going to value players so that's why i wanted to just i mean i basically hit we're gonna hit on the running backs tonight uh just some ones that i think are, are more interesting than not i also want to talk about a couple players that have flashed a little bit last year. There's just literally, I think there's just one. Uh, and, uh, you know, just have like a back and forth about these guys and start to dive into this rookie class before we hit the combine. Because once I, I just, let's, let's build some excitement towards seeing some testing results. That's what I want to like, go and do some research on some of these players once you hear their names and make your own kind of opinion or judgment uh, before the combine and then see how it pull, you know, see how it comes out. Maybe you thought this player looked sloppy and then they have a great combine. Well, maybe that's a good note for you to bring that player down your rookie draft board. And I think that's important. You know, what's really interesting, Will, about this rookie class is that I, I was involved on a, on a, a mock uh, rookie draft on, on Twitter this week, um, which, which I'll talk about in a second. Um, shout out to Jesse Reeves who threw that together. It's interesting because it's very clear looking at people's list of rookies. It's all over the board. There's no consensus this year. There's no consensus 101 yet. Maybe after the combine there will be. It's really interesting how players are valued. I've heard people say they've been in rookie mocks and in one rookie mock, there's a player that goes at the 104. The next rookie mock, that player goes to the 204. It's all over the board. So the combine is going to be huge to start to solidify some of these values and how people see these players. But you're right. It's good to do some research now and get kind of a baseline to how you feel about a player because we're going to be swayed by the combine. Remember Mike Gesicki last year? We weren't really talking about Mike Gesicki as a tight end, but he blew it up at the combine and he became the hot name. 
the hot tight end. So that's going to happen. Or like uh, a Kalen Balaj production profile, and then he has a really good combine when it comes to 40 times, you know, and, and the agility scores and things like that. So, and we don't even know what he's going to be. He, he barely got any run last year. I mean, God bless the Dolphins, but <laughs> it's just, uh, you know, he lost value basically from where he was last year, I feel like, or is at where he was. And so you're kind of, you're kind of in the middle uh, versus, you know, somebody who, like Naheem Hines, you know, when he went out and set that 40 time, that just exploded on, on the rookie draft boards. If you knew a little bit about before him, uh, you, you maybe knew that he was a decent receiver. He was more than just, you know, running back, maybe play out of the slot a little bit for that team. And you grabbed him in that, you know, third round instead of fourth round or something. You know, there's, there's just a, a mixed bag of uh, data points that you can use to your advantage when it comes to rookie drafts. And it also gives you some information to why other people are drafting players. And maybe you can, you know, the people in your league well enough, you'll know they'll take players at a certain point. So you don't need to trade up or trade down. I don't know. There's yeah. just like, the more information you have, the better. That's right. And this year in particular is going to be important to really know your league mates and what they value in these rookies because there are going to be some values because there'll be players that will slip because your league mates value other players higher and that type of thing. So you might want to move around a lot in your rookie drafts. Will, do you want to jump in to like, who are you really excited to see? Um, you know, we are still, when this recording comes out, well, less than two weeks away from the combine. So who are you excited to see? What are you looking for? So one player I want to talk about before we go into this is kind of a, to me at least, felt like a little bit of a combine standout. Uh, he at least did well enough at his height and weight. And I was pretty excited about him coming to the NFL. And that was Brian Hill for the Falcons now. So he's on their practice squad, got signed by the Bengals, and signed back by the Falcons. If So, you know, there's, there's Tevin Coleman there, and there's Devontae Freeman. But I think he's that third running back that's waiting in the wings still that is worth rostering. I mean, he's probably picked up because he was, you know, starting at week 15 last year. And he's probably owned in one of your leagues. But for me, uh, his production profile, and he's 6'1", and he was 225, I think, at his, his combine weigh-in. And he had a monster production profile in college. And we, he's been talked about, I think, at the end of the season last year, but this is a little bit of a refresher, that I think Brian Hill is worth, like, my third-round rookie pick, I think I'd happily trade for Brian Hill at this point because that's just a shot in the dark. And I think his shot in the dark is a little bit brighter than others. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned Brian Hill, I, a name I'd forgotten about because a couple of years ago I really liked him, um, and, and he was one of those guys I targeted late in rookie drafts. And um, yeah, he, he's uh, you know six one two eighteen. Um, yeah, he, he's shown some flashes, but you're talking like deep, like uh, like your deep dynasty rosters. <laughs> Interesting guy to to bring up. You know, I'll tell you a guy for if, if we're talking about guys that looked good in the past that, that have interesting profiles to pay attention to. I like Kalen Balaj. People have kind of forgotten about Kalen Balaj. But I was just looking at what he did in the combine. You know, he's 6'1", 228, so nice size, maybe a little tall. Uh, he ran a 4.46. So for a guy that's 228, he ran a 4.46, 40 time. I, I like that. And, and now there's a new situation in Miami. Um, you know, you don't know. I mean, maybe their offense is going to be bad. I, I realize that you want to invest in players and good offenses, but Caleb Balazs is a guy not to forget about. You could probably pick him up for, oh, what's some actually have to pay for? Maybe like a third round 2019 rookie pick or something like that. That's maybe like on the high end of things. Yeah, and just depending on who owns him and who's still paying attention, maybe that's still a truth throughout there for him. They got rid of uh, your favorite person in the world, Brian Dow Loggins. He followed Adam Gase to the Jets to ruin that team. So the, the Dolphins, I think, have a very interesting and wide-open offense that 
you might as well nab players from there for cheap now because the worst you're gonna do is lose out on low picks or like other players that are don't really matter. Dow Loggins is horrible, and as you well documented him uh, with his his uh, saga and, and Tariq Cohen with the Bears, and he was the offensive coordinator there. I don't know how he got rehired, and then Gates took him with him to the Jets. So let's at least pretend that the Dolphins have a, a at least a, a wide open opportunity to change that around and be fantasy relevant. He's got something on on Adam Gase. I mean, that's that's what it is. That's why he has a job. That, that's the 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 one thing that's constant in that equation is Adam Gase keeps hiring him. It, it is strange. It's just, it's it's strange. Uh, so so let but let's jump into it. Like, what are you excited to see? We're, we're talking these rookies. We're talking the combine. Who is intriguing to you? Okay, so I'm just gonna kick it off. I'm not. I'm gonna skip over talk about like a little bit of Debo Debo Samuel. Uh, be interested to see how he tests because he may be just a product of being old and being in that offense. He doesn't have a great breakout age overall. At least it's close. I was listening to Peter Howard. It's, it's on the fringe whether it's actually a breakout. And then he's not even the guy you wanted from South Carolina, right? He was South Carolina, not North Carolina state. Anyway, because North Carolina state's Kelvin Harmon. I didn't write yeah. that in the notes. Anyway, Brian Edwards is the guy that we were excited about. And then when he went back to college, because Brian Edwards is one of those guys that is, in any sort of uh, breakout model, he's the guy you want from that team. And it's a little bit interesting to see how that's going to affect Debo and how he's moving forward. He's a stocky guy, big guy, but I want to see how he tests out. If he's, you know, if he's slow and unathletic and not agile, it, you'll be like, oh, well, that may, you know, he, he, he'll fall down hard. But anyway, just a kind of a polarizing character, had a good senior role. Uh, now I want to move on to the running backs. And the first one is Nick Brissett out of LSU. So, I don't know if you watched any late late season SEC games or what uh, Ryan or you know saw what he was kind of doing at LSU, but I mean this is a guy that didn't have an opportunity before. I mean he had a total of sixty six rushes in his first three years of school, so of course he stayed for his senior year because staying for your senior year as a running back and being a prospect is a little bit scary and it it, it definitely puts up some. It doesn't necessarily mean it's a red flag like you can't draft this person, but it definitely puts up the the warning signals that this person may not be NFL quality talent because at running back, your lifespan is so short anyway. Why would you stay four years? Well, when you, when you average 22 rushes a year for your first three years without redshirting, you are Nick Brissett and you're at LSU and you're behind some pretty elite talents and Darius guys and Leonard Burnett, at least in college. Uh, so I'm, I'm not shocked that he was a senior running back coming out, but his last year, he hit the 240 carries, 14 catches. So he wasn't overly court, like close on that that catches marker. I was listening to Dynasty Dummies, and they were saying, like, 20 catches in college is a pretty big marker that you want to hit. And I actually think that's totally fine, too. If we're going to, you know, try to base players on metrics and what they've done with analytics in their – or done with the, uh, their stats in college, 20 catches shouldn't be that hard if you're at least okay at catching passes and understand how to get open in the passing game or we're good enough at it, uh, either even catching screens in, in, that, in that scenario as a running back in, in – being productive so I think 20 catches is totally fair he didn't hit that he hit 14 and I was writing my notes I was like well 14 is kind of close but it's really it's really kind of not when uh, you look at percentages you know the 70 percent of what he should have been and 20 catches is even like a high marker so I'm interested to see how he tests out people think he's slow and on agile I uh, and I, I think that he has a little bit more explosiveness and a little bit more agility that we're giving him credit for so I'm just excited to see how he does with the combine if he does poorly that's fine but if he does if he does let's just say slightly above average. I think he's a good enough running back with vision and how he runs that he could be a productive NFL player. 
Man, talk about a guy that no one's talking about, Will, to start us off. <laughs> Nick Brissett, we're going deep into the well. You know, I don't, I don't know what to say about Nick Brissett because I know very little about him other than what you just told me. Um, so, as I mentioned, Jesse Reeves, at Jesse Reeves FF on Twitter. Um, basically, it was Sunday morning and, and tweeted out, hey, does anyone want to do a, a rookie mock draft on Twitter? So, a bunch of people jumped in, a lot of people that, that you know, the – Reigning SFB8 champ uh, at FF Stompy, Sam Wayne was there, and, and, and Jake Anderson, and um, a, a lot of guys. But, but in any event, it, you can check it out. The hashtag on Twitter as, is um, TiltFestRookieMuck. And Nick Brissett did not get drafted four rounds. It was uh, tied in premium, Superflex League. So it, it, um, I, I think that uh, he's a guy that the Combine will matter to see what happens. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what he does. Well, it's just a big moment in his life. And, it, and maybe I should have prefaced this a little bit more. This is a Fantasy Joe's running back combine discussion. This is not – I don't want to talk about – I don't want to go in-depth about Josh Jacobs. I'm not going to go in-depth about Rodney Anderson and his history, even though he doesn't have a lot. But uh, even like David Montgomery, I put a little bit of notes in here. But I want to talk about some guys that I feel like are just – let's pay attention to see what they can do. I mean, maybe they end up like the Brian Hills of the world and they're dropped off dynasty rosters and you, you know, they, you, they find themselves a couple years later, but I just, uh, that's, that's where this list kind of came from. And I think it's, let, let, let's just put some names out there to pay attention to. Let's make the combine fun again. Well, and I think a guy like Nicker that's important, especially for running backs is, you know, as we talked about with Jordan McNamara last week and those late rounds of running backs, if you look at the percentages of the type of players that hit, you know, those late round running backs can hit. And a guy like Nick Brissett, maybe he's third on the depth chart somewhere, but a couple of guys go down to injuries and all of a sudden he is a viable guy for fantasy. Let's say, let's say the Bears take Nick Brissett, for example. And let's say something happens to Jordan Howard and uh, Tariq Cohen, uh, for example. Heaven forbid, knock on wood, that doesn't happen. But, um, you know, a guy like Nick Brissett is third in line and, you know, suddenly he's fantasy viable. So, these guys are important to talk about. Now, now, Will, the next time your list is a guy that is getting some buzz, um, a guy that I'm interested in because did, do you know that I am an alumnus of, uh, of University of Memphis? I have, I, have some, <laughs> I have some credit hours from Memphis. I, I think I have 12 credit Ooh. hours. Yeah, I got um, uh, some ESL credit hours and some, uh, some Mandarin Chinese because I, I taught English in China through a program at the University of Memphis. So fun fact for the listeners. But anyway, so, I let's say university. Let's let's hear some Chinese. Um, ni hao ma. Boom boom. Uh, also, just quickly on Nick Percet, <laughs> uh, he's six. He's six feet tall and two twenty one, according to his profile. So it's good. That's, that's a nice size. I mean, maybe, maybe I don't know. Maybe people would agree he's on the tall side. But that's like that two twenty. You want your running back to you know like be like two fifteen, two twenty. A lot of small guys in this class, and you know, unless you're like the Philip Lindsay outlier. The small guys a lot of times, you know, are not guys that are going to be the big fantasy exploder guys. So, yeah, and these running backs need to take a page out of Leonard Fournette's book and drink like three gallons of water before the weigh-in. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that is right. Um, anyway, back to Memphis and your Chinese history. That's right. Mandarin, Mandarin, right? Mandarin, right? Yeah. He is. Do you think Daryl Henderson is Hun Hao or not? I don't know what that means. Very good or not. I, I think I got the tones wrong, so our Chinese listeners are like, wow, Ryan, well, just, just I just want to note him. Okay. He's going to be such an overanalyzed player 
at, at every place you turn. I think Daryl Henderson is going to be on the map. I mean, his like yards per carry college is off the charts. I didn't even want to put it in here. Like he's just so explosive. <laughs> but I'm just excited. Like let's get excited about Daryl Henderson and see what he can see if he blows up the combine. You know, uh, it's just a name I wanted to note to pay attention to. Uh, no, I'm excited about him. And if he blows up the combine, he's maybe a guy that's going to, I don't know. He's a guy that could, you know, he, he could rise and maybe get a little overvalued depending on, you know, his situation and everything. I, I like I said, he, he's a guy that I'm eager to watch. I mean, certainly had the production in, in college, but um, you know, is, is, is he a guy that could translate into the, um, to the NFL? Um, so you want to, you want to move on to, to the, another guy that, that either people love or hate. Yeah, very polarizing is Benny Snell from Kentucky. And go and look at Benny Snell's history at Kentucky. He's a touchdown machine. And Kentucky is not a touchdown machine of a college. So let's give him some credit there uh, for what he's done for that team. And he's had three consecutive big seasons. The, the thing that people are killing him on is, is speed. And I just, you know, this is the reason I put him on the list is we, you know, we can see play speed on the field, but nobody's timing people's 10-yard splits as they're running, you know, they're watching these like coaches film. You don't ever hear like, oh, hey, this guy ran 20 yards in whatever amount of time, according to the splits that I timed on this film. Because you're never running a straight line. You're never doing, you know, uh, yeah, you never have a situation where you can actually time somebody and see their, their real life speed. And with the SEC, the one thing about the SEC college game that I think, so I'm, you know, a Big Ten fan. I always constantly hate on the SEC when I'm in public because I think it's hilarious because they are a really good conference. But in general, their defenses are much faster. Like their linebackers and cornerbacks and overall team speed is faster. It's faster than the Big Ten. It just is. It's just no – there's no two ways about it. And as much as you want to defend other other conferences, the SEC defensive speed is faster. So if Benny Snell looks slow in the SEC, I don't necessarily know if that means he's slow in real life. So if he, what if he runs like a, you know, a four, four, nine or four, five, one, and that could d- dramatically change his draft stock. What if he runs like, and what if he runs like a good three cone, you know, the, the world's going to explode. So just keep your, keep your thumb on that uh, and go and watch Benny Snell, see what you think about him before he tests. That way you can either push him up further than what other people are going to if he tests well, or still keep him stagnant if uh if he tests, you know, just like, okay, I don't think he's going to test poorly, but if he, you know, if he does, we can just write him off. You know, I, I like this. I mean, according to the Kentucky Wildcats football website, we'll see if this is accurate. He's five eleven, weighs two twenty three. If he's two twenty three and he runs even like a four five five, you know, like maybe a sub four six, I think I'm interested in him with his production. Um, I, I just hope he's not super slow because I, I, that's one of the things I do look at is, is size speed. And for me, if a guy is like, if they're like a big guy or something and that's not their game, you know, if a guy is like, two, like 240, a tank and he runs like a four seven, I'm not so concerned with that. But you know, to me, that's going to be important. Unless he has a ridiculous three cone. Cause we've seen guys that are a little bit slower that have these great three cone, like a sub six, eight, three cone, for example, you know, they, 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 they make up for that in their elusiveness. So it, it'll be interesting to see what he, what he does. And I'm with you. I I'm cheering for him. I think it's a good story, but yeah, he's a guy that, Either you love or you hate. He's so polarizing. It's so interesting that people are all over the map with him. I mean, Kareem Hunt ran a four six two, you know, but was uh, it had a actually pretty low uh, agility overall. So there there is a little bit in in seeing what this person is as a player 
But I would like to see him basically. I want to see Benny Snell test well in something. Let, let's see. Let's see what he's got. You know, and that will determine a lot of whether or not he rises and falls for me. Because I think he's a lot of people's like, oh, he's like he's kind of like a flag plant player for a lot of different analysts right now because we don't have these other testing metrics, which you know, give or take, are overrated uh, or underrated. Hmm. No, no, no I, I, he's on the list, and I know a lot of people talked about him, but I think you have a unique perspective because you do see a fair amount of uh, – you're an Iowa guy, uh, but you, you've seen some Iowa State football games. And David Montgomery, it does seem like the knock is the fact that, that you know, maybe he's not the best athlete in the world, but he's productive. But at the same time, he's running behind this really bad offensive line as a narrative you keep hearing. So – you know, what do you, what's, what's your take on David Montgomery, Will? Because you've seen a, a lot of them, at least more than a lot of people, I think. So, Yeah, I, I mean, my personal opinion is I think he's still pretty incredible. But that's why he's on the list for this combine. Because, again, David Montgomery's going to be talked about all over the place. Because he was a Debbie, you know, pretty high Debbie pick or, or Debbie prospect. At least last year, if we think about, like, 2017, we were talking about David Montgomery and Nikhil Harry being those, like, top Debbie prospects, one or the other. Because David Montgomery had a really great 2017. And half that year, he had a linebacker. Literally, the, the guy was playing both sides of the ball, quarterback and linebacker for Iowa State, which is ridiculous. Um, but I think that uh, with his whole story and profile is great. But if he is not agile and not fast and not strong and does poorly in the, like the pass-catching drills at the combine, that's going to be – you know, he's going to move down a little bit, but maybe you should just write him off at that point. You you invest your investor draft capital elsewhere on your rookie drafts. And I don't think that's going to happen, but that's why he's on this list. One, I know he's super popular. It's not, a, it's not a full on Joe's uh, guy. I got a couple other guys coming down the pipe for that. But uh, he's a, uh, he's just one, like I cannot wait to see how he tests out. It's just like, that's, these, this is the reason the combine to me is interesting is guys like David Montgomery and even, like lumping like Nikhil Harry uh, and Benny Snell. So so, well, let's say David Montgomery, he doesn't have the best combine in the world. Um, you know, he's, uh, he might be 216, 511, 216. We'll see where he's at in his weight. But, you know, kind of, kind of the you know, kind of prototypical NFL running back if he meets those dimensions. So let's say he's slow. Let's say he runs like a 4.7. Let's say he has a lousy three cone. But and let's say he goes to the, let's say the fifth round, let's say the Bears draft him in the fifth round of the NFL draft. What, what do you want to do with him? Where would you want to take him? Where would you target him? Because he would certainly slip. Right now people are talking about him maybe as a top six pick. Um, but let's say, that, let's say he has a bad combine, he goes late to, uh, you know, question, a situation like the Bears where there's no clear opportunity for him. Where would you want to take him? Because you'd still be interested, right? Depending on how much I mean, spends. not really. What's the value, unless you're hoping for injury? So if he was a 4-7 – <laughs> I mean, what? I feel like he didn't train for the combine because they always, the 40 yard dash is uh, a lot of technique, too. It's not just raw speed. It, yeah. it, and so that means he didn't care about it and didn't care about the combine in his NFL future. And so he's, that's, I mean, you know, I'm extrapolating quite a bit there, but you know how I love extrapolations. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty much out. I just won't, I mean, maybe if he's like in like the late. Second, or second, early third, I would, I would just snatch him up because, like, Iowa State. But if he, if he seems completely uninterested in performing well at anything that he does, I, I would be shocked. If he runs slower than a 4.6, a if he runs a 4.7, I, 
I mean, Will Greenwood ran a five flat as a freshman in high school <laughs> when he's super chunky. So if you can only beat me by 0.3 seconds and you are supposed to be an elite NFL prospect, I got some questions. <laughs> all right. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, who do you, who do you want to talk about next? Do you want to, the next couple of names on the list are get a lot of buzz. You want to skip them and get into like the kind of the deep dive guys or what do you uh, want to go next? Rod- Rodney Anderson, just pay attention to the medical tests and then see if he can actually do anything. If he performs poorly though, but checks out medically, he might just be coming back still. Uh, and I think he's a great later round, like later pick scoop. Like just don't, don't fall full. The reason for comment I think for him is interesting is because that could be a trap. Pay attention more to medicals than his metrics be my like take at the moment maybe it'll change uh, yeah yeah i mean my thinking with him is if he if a team spends decent draft capital on him if he's like a day two guy rodney anderson i'm very interested in picking him up but if he slips later you know something's going on with his medicals so um so it'll be interesting to see because somebody even if his meta like you know like like with this the sunny michelle thing you know, we, we know there are questions about his knees and how long he's going to last in the NFL, but the Patriots are like, you know, we don't care. We're a win now. We've got Tom Brady. Yeah. If he only lasts us for three. Super Bowl championship, so. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so we got what they wanted. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, they're, they're probably going to go for a couple more, you know, whether, whether you like it or not. But, but he, maybe he's one of the, those guys. Like someone will take him if he's, you know, it looks, you know, questionable the next three, four, five years because running backs have a questionable – they're not questionable. They get attracted by the Browns or something. It was just bark in their mouth. <laughs> they uh, could they could use them. They could use them. They could use another running back in their backfield. <laughs> yeah, they're definitely lacking for running back. <laughs> uh, so yeah, just Rodney Anderson. I don't know. I just, he's one of those guys that let's let's. I'm waiting until the combine to hear more about him. I think diving in depth about his film and who he is may not matter if they find out that he actually strained his MCL or tore it more than we thought, or has has like multiple ligaments. That's why I want to put him on here. This is the Joes, so I don't want them not diving deep into him. You can. There's plenty of other areas that we can share and we can dive deeper into, but just like, you know, that's for another podcast after the combine. That's when we're really going to get after these guys. Josh Jacobs, basically skipping because he's the most clickbaity running back in the NFL right now. So many, like NFL.com has him going to the top 10 all over the place. That's nuts. There's no way, in my mind at least, <laughs> watch me be shocked because you never, you never know, but uh, his production profile isn't big enough. There's just no reason... That, that you would do that. So let's, I'm, we're skipping it though, because we're not clickbaiting. Uh, I have a question for you. Who, who do you think goes higher? If you had to pick now, it's hard to pick. You think Josh Jacobs or um, his, his running mate there in, um, in Alabama, uh, uh, Damian Harris? Who, who do you oh, think? Oh, I'll go Josh Jacobs. You think so, huh? Yeah, his Alvin Kamara esque comps right now is just too nuts. It's like the Sony Michelle, Nick Chubb thing. Nick Chubb deserved to go ahead of Sony Michelle, at least, and. I don't know. I, I as big of a Sony Michelle fan as I am and was, I still think Nick, like Nick Chubb has shown to be a better runner um, in the NFL yeah. drafts. But I think Josh Jacobs will go higher. All right, fair enough, fair enough. I uh, just wanted to see what you thought. So where are we going next? <laughs> Finally, we get to you know we skipped you know we probably spent too much time on some of the standards, your regulars, your regs, as I like to call them. Uh, we're going to go to Quadri Olison from Pittsburgh, six foot two, 225 pounds. Although I saw him play and I saw him play against Notre Dame because I actively cheer against Notre Dame. Sorry, Notre Dame fans, but he, uh, dude is a solid running back. I actually really like his profile overall and what he can do. 
the knocks against him is he's slow and can't make cuts. So that's that's why this this combine, you know, the combine for him is a time to shine. He's he's coming out uh, after a senior year because he got hurt. He has some very interesting statistics overall. His freshman year. So if you don't know Quadrant Rosen on Pittsburgh, go watch him. I think he like he he looks good on the field, but he's gotten very little height. Anyway, if he weighs in at let's say two twenty five and is over six feet tall. I'm pretty stoked. His freshman year, he had over 1,000 yards rushing and 11 touchdowns at Pittsburgh. Then he went into obsolescence there. It was very odd. And I haven't looked too hard into that, but his, when you look at his statistical profile, this is very, very weird. Uh, he, he did that, but somehow in his junior year, he caught 23 passes. So now he's meeting this next benchmark of analytics that we're looking for in this, this 20 cash season, which is weird as is. And as much as you want to, like, discount 20s catch seasons, they end up, like, mattering in the grand scheme of things. Like, like we were talking about the, the analytics of the dynasty. Well, it matters how many passes you catch, regardless of it's 29 or 30 or 21 or, you know, depending on what metric you're going by. But guys who catch over 50 passes in the NFL, 80% of them had, I think, 20 catches in college. That's the, the mark that we're looking for. So, anyway, his senior year, he came back to fruition, ran for over 1,000 yards, had 11 tutties on the ground. I think he actually looks pretty, pretty good. And that Pittsburgh offense was – their quarterback was terrible. Their offense was terrible. They were not a good team. And so I am very curious to see how he performs in the combine. My worry is that he's going to become my Ryan Nall of this year. And that, you know, even though Ryan Nall came out early and went undrafted, and I'm, I'm a little bit worried about him, uh, that he is going to be this, like, size and, you know, agile, kind of fast profile – but, you know, just not land anywhere and kind of go under the go under the rug. But pay attention. He's worth it. He's worth paying attention to because these are the guys you're going to get in that, like, third round of your rookie draft that could actually matter. And these are guys we didn't talk about last year, which make me sad because I had a lot of notes on, like, Philip Lindsay and Rock Thomas and the other the guy from Cincinnati that uh, signed with the Vikings, too. But there's guys we didn't talk about that I wish we would have. And so this is one of the, the forums to just get it out there that – I think Quadri could be good. And he was invited to the combine for a reason. That means that NFL teams want to see him. So this is a good, this is a good take. Well, another guy that no one's talking about, you know, interesting size and interesting college profile. So let's see what he does. I, I can't wait to see this guy. I can't wait to see what he can do. Watch him be like, watch him be like 5'10", 180 or something. Like, I don't know. I'm kidding. Like, you know, cause college, college profiles are tough, but. Yeah, no, I, I'm. It's gonna be fun. I am gonna be off. I'm taking off that Friday of the of the combine when the running backs uh, perform, and I and and I can't wait. I can't wait to see the them run the forty. I can't wait to see you know just everything that they're gonna show us on the NFL Network. So, okay, I like the next guy that's on your list because he's really interesting to me because I, I think you've done the research and you can fill me in. But this is a guy that I recall having a really good freshman season. And then his career kind of went all over the place. I'm not really sure why. Yeah, so I, I had to dive into it a little bit to, to see why, even like this last year, he had a bad season. So got invited to the combine. So it's LJ, so LJ Scott, Michigan State. Oh, good call. Good call. Fit <laughs> it in there. Well, I, should, I should have said his name, but uh, yes, LJ yeah. Scott. Sorry. Well, he, he ruined Iowa's perfect 2015 when they were undefeated going to that Big Ten championship. And then Michigan State went on that like seven-minute drive. There was a whole bunch of LJ Scott on like third and two getting first downs. And I, I honestly wish terrible, terrible things on him, but now I like him. So, so we're moving on. 
because, you know, you can only, you know, at that point in time, you're rooting for college teams and we're not looking at dynasty fans football. So this last season, he, he just got banged up and he had a few, he didn't play, he only played like five games for Michigan State, you know, and he's hit that, uh, he's hit that over, over 20 receptions in a year. He's been a bell cow for that team. And I just think that his testing is going to be important. So LJ Scott, pay attention. Pay attention to what he does and then pay attention to where he goes because uh, he could be better than what we're giving him credit for because he didn't put a lot of film out last year. In 2017 and even 2016, and even if somebody goes back into 2015, I actually think he's, he's a good vision, good balance running back. Like, I, I think LJ Scott is totally worth a roster spot on an NFL team. He's one of those guys that you want to put at the end of your roster. Oh, for sure. I think he's a great late-round target. Uh, four-star recruit, um, played football in the great state of Ohio. So, you know, a pretty good, um, you know, pretty good pedigree there being a four-star recruit. And, and he, you know, put up those numbers in the Big Ten, which is not such a bad conference. Maybe the number one conference in the country. I can say that since Trey is not here to counter that statement. <laughs> All right, another Big Ten guy. Um, Miles Sanders, who I think is getting a little bit of buzz, but, but not a ton of buzz, uh, the Penn State running back. Will, what, what's your take on Miles Sanders? He was the number one running back coming out of that high school class, which is nuts to me that it, he's getting a little bit of buzz, but nobody's really talking about him a lot. And if you're the number one running back coming out of high school, I mean, it basically means you're pro ready at that time. I feel like at this point, you know, we are in the recruiting process and how people are treating running backs in college and the pros. When you're a five-star recruit and you are literally, the, he was, I mean, he was way up there in the charts. It, it, so I think Miles Sanders, it was, he was just behind Penn State. I Honestly, I hate their coach. I think he's a terrible coach and ruined that team this year. I think Penn State could have been way better. So he's succeeded at least this last season. His stat line, he got up there. He, you know, hit those 24 catches, which matters. And their quarterback really couldn't throw all that well. It was okay. He's behind Saquon. And anyway, long story short, let's, I, I honestly, the only reason I put him on here is I think Miles Sanders blows up the combine. And Obviously, you're going to pay attention to that because if he puts up really good numbers. But I wanted to uh, not, not plant a flag, but just put it out there in your head that don't be surprised when Miles Sanders blows it up. Yeah, and that's important to point out that he was the number one running back recruit because there is a pretty strong correlation to these five-star running back recruits in high school and the success in the NFL. So that's a, a good place to start. Um, and as you point out, Will, that, that um, he, he meets your – criteria of at least 20 receptions we want our running backs to be dual threats so i like it i like the miles sanders call i like i like that you've kind of pseudo planted your flag on miles sanders well just said that again his draft capital matter just so much but i just when 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 uh, when people come out are like oh i can't believe miles sanders did so well in the combine one he went to penn state where they're all juicing like what penn state athlete has come out and done poorly at the combine so that's, <laughs> that's true. That's true. I got a great job uh, of that. Yeah. So I just think it's, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to watch and let's get excited about it. Let's get excited about Miles Sanders. Low opportunity because he's behind the Quan, who's the number one dynasty asset in, in, that, we, that you can have. So it's not really fair that he had to play behind him and didn't put up stats before that. The last one, just a quick mention is a snub. I didn't see it on the combine invite list was Bruce Anderson from North Dakota state. And consume a lot of content. I was listening to the Dynasty W's and Riley, who's actually from DTC, had him as his number three running back coming out. And now I, he, I didn't see that he got a combine invite. And, and unless I'm wrong, and unless Ryan, you've seen something different, but I was looking at the CBS uh, 
com- the combine invite list, and he's not on there. And I'm a little bit sad because uh, North Dakota State running back would be fun to get excited about. And the way Riley talks about him, he got me juiced about him. And so watch his pro day. That's right. He was not invited to the combine, but he's getting geared up for North Dakota State University's pro day, which is slated for the end of March. So, uh, and we'll talk about those pro days. You know, we did refer to, and we did talk about Philip Lindsay on the show, Will. Um, I know you had done a lot of research before the combine, which, which you know, he didn't attend. But we, we talked about him and his pro day and how, how well, good he looked. So we did talk about Philip Lindsay last year. Give us a little bit of credit. Yeah, I just am sad that uh, I feel like, I don't know. I miss, I miss the deep dives. I want to get back into them with these kind of players. We're doing it. We will give you a full report of Bruce's pro day at the end of March. That's a promise. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You also, I think my, my favorite one of these, though, to, to that, like, my, if I were to choose, like, star one player that I want to see, it's Quadri from Pittsburgh. Quadri Olison. I can't, I can't wait to see his. He's going to be my Ryan all this year. He's going to do horrible, so don't draft him. But <laughs> uh, I think, I don't know, it just he, – watching him play, it, he seemed really good to me. And I know that's not like a great – like saying he has great contact balance or speed or anything. He just seemed like a really, really great player and then a player that they were featuring in that offense. So I like it. I like it. We want to touch on wide receivers just for a, a little bit. And I mean – Sure. Sorry, I interrupted you. <laughs> You're like, uh, not really. Well, uh, just that <laughs> Dylan Mitchell from Oregon was a, a big recruit there and stayed for his senior year and, and put up great sets. He's just going under the radar. So watch when that buzz starts and see what he does at the, at the combine and the kind of like overall feel you get from him. Greg Dorch, uh, that was a Pauly Pritikizi guy that I put on our fancy rookie draft because from Wake Forest, which, I mean, honestly, Wake Forest, come on. That's not a great offense. <laughs> Uh, he thinks highly of him. I think he's the kind of guy that fits the profile of that explosive small guy. He's like, he's like five, nine or five, 10, 170 pounds. So he's one of the Tyreeks, either uh, Hill or Cohen potentially. And let's see where he lands and let's get excited about Greg George, unless he tests really poorly. And then we'll be like, Oh, sorry, Greg George, you're not important anymore. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, probably worth mentioning in passing, um, and, and you've heard this from other sources, the, uh, the combine is going to be important for some of these wide receivers. I think um, Nikhil Harry more than, than most, but, but I'm, sh- I'm sure you, you've, you've been tuned into that. So it's going to be interesting to see how he looks during the combine. DK Metcalf, I'm excited to see. Uh, I mean, I think we probably can assume he's going to look really good. Um, so, uh, yeah, but it'll be fun to see wide receivers and what they can do. Interesting wide receiver class, deep wide receiver class. Definitely will be worth watching. And Neil Harris' production profile is off the charts for what he did when he was a young kid in college. So don't forget that. Like Absolutely. if you're one on one and nobody's giving you value, don't be afraid to take to kill Harry. If you know if Josh Jacobs or somebody else isn't in the great spot, don't reach for a running back. If to kill Harry is like he's like to me, he seems like this player that's coming into this this draft class is like the blatantly obvious obvious great pick that we all don't want to pick. and there may be some other you know it's going to be interesting to see if the same can be said about Harmon or AJ Brown Um, I think AJ Brown you know the 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 more I look into him he's probably the guy uh, of the Ole Miss wide receivers I want to take over DK Metcalf because it does concern me 
the the lack of college production we've seen from Metcalf. DK Metcalf is an interesting case. It seems like the film guys they really love him, but the analytics guys don't. And it, it's he's going to be a polarizing guy. He's a guy that could go easily 101 in a lot of these rookie drafts, and he's a guy that could slip because people will be afraid to touch him because he doesn't have the college production. So. Yeah, I, I think, you know, Harmon and, and Brown are also wide receivers that people might sleep on because they just don't get, get excited about them. Or they're like, oh, it's all about the running backs. And they might reach for uh, Jacobs, for example, when, you know, one of those guys is staring them on, you know, on the board. So it'll be fun to see and interesting to see for sure. Yeah, and those mock the, – the mock draft, what I call them in our group chat, the clickbait articles, which I click on every time. So they, they win with my clicks, <laughs> which I feel bad about. But Sorry, Chris Harris. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, but it's it's just uh, it, I, I don't mind being entertained and I like reading them. So it's it's not the end of the world to me. I, I don't live by them. But it's funny how much Josh Jacobs is going to the top 10 in those. And it just is flooring. What I also, uh, like Brian Hill is only 23 years old in the NFL. And some of these rookies that are coming out are 23. So don't forget about Brian Hill on the Falcons. Yeah, we got to identify um, – you know, are you older than Calvin Ridley? Like, who's going to be our Calvin Ridley in this 2019 rookie class? We've got to identify our Calvin Ridley. Yeah, I mean, Riley Ridley has got to be like 30, right? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how old Riley Ridley is. Another guy that's pretty polarizing. The film guys seem to like him okay. but Not all the film guys, though. I know some don't. Um, but, you know, just doesn't have the production. But well, it's we- also – we're in such a massively defensive class. Like the edge rushers are coming out in this class. Oh right? my God, the defense. Like, oh, if you play IDP, you got to be super excited. Yeah, um, that's the issue that is going to uh, – it's one of the things about analytics when we're looking at this is just because a wide receiver gets pushed to the second round doesn't mean that they're technically a second-round wide receiver. They could have been a late first. But not every wide receiver comes out in a freaking great defensive class like this. Like – you want your team to take a defensive player and then maybe grab that wide receiver in the second. Like you don't want, you don't want your team taking Josh Jacobs in the top 10 this year. You want them taking that core defensive asset and then grabbing a good running back in the second or third round. Yeah. (laughs) No, I mean, I mean, you're right. I mean, the defense is loaded. You know, we haven't talked whether or not we're going to do a drafter party this year. Loyal listeners will recall that, that after the day one and day two of the draft, we, we got a bunch of our, uh, friends in the you know dynasty community together and we talked about our reactions it was a lot of fun um the aforementioned paul pertichese we had jake anderson we had nick whalen peter howard list goes on and on so it was a lot of fun but i'm thinking after day one there may not be a lot of, for us to talk about you know maybe you know maybe only two quarterbacks probably three or four um, but you know, maybe a wide receiver yeah. too, maybe a running back if we're lucky. There's, I mean, the offensive, uh, probably a tight end. I think, I think one or both of those Iowa tight ends will go in the first round. Um, when Irv Smith from Alabama, there might be three first round. Tight yeah. Ends. Irv Smith is really good. Yeah. Not a guy to sleep on, um, for sure. So they're a good tight end class. Um, and I'm excited to see just the tight end class in general, because I can't pretend to know enough about the tight ends, you know, to like beyond the, t- the top guys. Um, but, um, but, but it's deep. It's there are a lot of interesting prospects and to see how they measure up with the combat. Well, and according to the University of Iowa, TJ Hawkinson has a 44 inch vertical. So we'll see if that actually is true. <laughs> yeah, that'll be, I mean, a 44 inch vertical, like LeBron James is 42. So <laughs> Hawk is out jumping LeBron. Like if he blows up the combine, you know, it's just, it'd be, it'd be super fun, but that's, I just want to talk about like a little bit of running backs. We'll hit a little bit of something else next week. Of the combine 
Yeah. Kyler Murray, I'm excited to see. I, I mean, I don't know what he's going to, what he said he's going to do and not do at the combine. Um, I'm not sure if he's going to throw or not. Cause you know, it was, it was last year, wasn't it? Sam Darnold decided not to throw. No, it was Lamar Jackson. It was Lamar. Oh, Lamar Jackson. Sam Darnold did throw. That's right. He also decided not to throw in the NFL season. So. Oh, <laughs> that was nice. Um, but he'll get plenty of chances. To, well, not plenty of chances to throw, but he's, you know, the, the, definitive starters what i'm trying to say if i could spit it out because joe flacco we didn't talk about it we we buried the lead will joe flacco going to the denver broncos now (laughs) but joe flacco going to the broncos at one espn hated really hard on the broncos for that and i'm kind of shocked a mid-round pick for a quarterback that's won a super bowl and has a good arm and maybe wasn't in the best offensive fit for him anymore right you know and that you know lamar jackson is a great explosive talent but I have my questions about him. And so I think Joe Flacco could have some GC years in, in Denver. Like he's, uh, he's a bridge. That's a bad deal. Yeah, he's a bridge player. They're, they're a win now, right? They think their defense is going to be good enough. They hired Vic Fangio. They didn't hire Vic Fangio to like build this team and contend in three years. They want to win now. That's what they're going to try to do. So I'm with you. Joe Flacco has done it. He has the track record of doing it. He wasn't necessarily in the best offense. So I, I think the Flacco will be, serviceable i'm not saying he's a guy to run out and get in your fantasy leagues or anything i mean a two qb league though you know i've got him as my uh my, my fifth qb in, in the league of ballers that we're all in i'm pretty excited about that you yeah, know? he's so a perfect like, third super flex qb perfect third super flex qb so or what fit. were they gonna do were they supposed to go with case keenum were they supposed to like draft like a guy like drew Locke? you know i mean i don't know it's I, not I, a good quarterback class yeah not a good quarterback class i, I kind of love haskins and i hate ohio state but i love haskins I like him too. I, I think he's going to be pretty solid. Um, if, if he sounds with the Giants, it's, uh, he's going to be up there for that super flex one-on-one. Yeah, so either Kyler Murray – size gets drafted. You're right. Either Kyler Murray or uh, Haskins go to the Giants in a super flex league. Where do you think that, that, that quarterback that gets plugged in there goes in a super flex league? I don't know, probably one. I just don't – I mean – that Giants team is so offensively talented on the peri- on the peripherals. They just have Eli Manning uh, with his like scary cry face, not being able to get the ball up in time. But maybe maybe they won't either, because uh, Eli Manning has also won two Super Bowls and beat the undefeated Patriots. You know, I'll find some other things, but uh, I think give Eli one more year and have Dwayne Haskins go there, and that future is bright. Yeah, if if they would let him sit for one more year, you know, I mean, I guess that's what they do. They draft Haskins thinking they're not going to play him, and if Eli just is awful, then then they plug him in, right? That's what they yeah. That's the plan. Well, I think Eli's a good enough dude that he he teach Haskins. Like Eli yeah, has so. a future in quarterback coaching, and so he doesn't want to just be you know like a jerk in this scenario. He's not just thinking his current salary year. He's a smart guy. That Manning family's super intelligent. Uh, so even if he wasn't, the rest of the, the rest of his advice would be better. So, yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, I, I think we should probably close this show. I think we've covered a lot. Will, are there any final combine thoughts you'd like to share? Anything else going on in the NFL that you want to talk about? Don't sleep on Quadri. Boom. Don't sleep on Quadri. Bum bum bum. Till we Don't. get to Pittsburgh. Yes, we've Don't sleep. Yeah. So I just I just did that so I could put that sound in the show at the end. So if if perfect. TJ Hawkinson jumps 44 inches, I'm taking off my pants and running around in the house. 